a sneak peek at what's coming up next. But I'm going to say this as a blanket statement. 90% of accommodations that are being asked for are not only within reason, a company is more than capable of giving 90% of them, okay, for accommodations. I'm saying that when it comes to working a job, allowing somebody to put on headphones they purchased for themselves so they can do their goddamn job should not be even a question. A woman that I did hiring with um, was very, very particular about how somebody presented. And she always talked about her gut feeling on it. And like, I, I hate it when people make decisions based on their fucking gut because you, you have so many prejudices. My bacteria is tingling. Yeah. So, Steve, uh, I Hi. Uh, I'm doing okay. I wouldn't say well, but I'm doing okay. No, I think you're doing very well right now. I'd say okay because um, I've had a lot to bitch about recently. You have. Uh, anybody who follows us on TikTok or the Instagrams mm-hmm. uh, knows that I have been looking for a new job and I'm kind of irritated at all of the uh, dog and pony show, all of the uh, dog face pony soldier, Joe Biden. So. Um, before we go too far into topic, because, yes, today we're going to talk about uh, uh, his post and then we're going to elaborate on it. But I want to point out to everybody who's listening or how many of you there are, uh, go watch the TikTok uh, video because uh, on TikTok, it's one piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. So TikTok, it's one piece. It's an anime? All the. All the rest of the the uh, uh, social media stuff, we had to break it up into two pieces. But uh, Steve's got this really great, it's about two minutes long of a clip uh, talking about interview process and talking about employers and talking about expectations when it comes to all of that. It's a really good clip, but it it's kind of, it's gotten a lot of attention, if you will. There's a lot of comments, a lot of people relating to it. Some people who are being kind of dicky about you know some of the statements they're making. Which is expected. It's TikTok. Come on. Uh, but it's it's getting some attention, and it is a topic that affects a lot of us a great deal who are neurodivergent, whether it be ADHD, whether it be uh, borderline or having a TBI or bipolar or uh, uh, autism. It affects a lot of us, right? Um, but as I always do at the beginning of every episode, I'm going to go into my thing real quick. Welcome to On the Spectrum Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Steven. Uh, and as always, as I say, if you like, dislike, uh, agree or disagree with anything you hear in the episode, please leave a comment, leave it on Spotify, leave it on TikTok, go watch some of our videos on TikTok, give us some, uh, feedback, give us some opinion. Uh, we like to interact with people as much as possible. We both have a lot to say about a lot of things. So go on one of those. Speak for yourself. I don't have a lot to say. Uh huh. Very. Occasionally, I have a lot to say. Yeah. Most of the time, I don't. No. Uh, well, but I'm I'm the one who talks a lot. and uh, Most anybody... of the time, I'm pretty quiet. I'm like uh, silent true. Bob. It's true. Uh, he is my Bob to I'm the J in that scenario. And if you're old enough to get that reference, please let us know you're old enough to get that reference. Okay. Um, it, it happens to be one of my favorite combos in all of uh, movie history. Uh, but anyway, so uh, if you like, dislike, whatnot, uh, leave a comment. If you're offended by something, if you think we've said something wrong, like factually we're incorrect, please correct us on it. Neither one of us have a problem with hearing that. So beyond that, let's get into the topic let, or let's go back to the topic, which is the interview process, trying to get a job, being neurodivergent and working. Um, so a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so here's the problem. Well, actually, the problem is multifaceted, so it's it's hard to pick a starting point. But um, during the interview process, there's a lot of social expectations that go on, right? Like you you go on, you got to dress nice, you got to do this, you want to make eye contact, but not too much. You want to shake hands, you but not too firmly. You want to do there's all these different things that come into play that you're being judged for. Mm. And my post was essentially about the frustration with, um, and I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. I know a lot of this firsthand because I've been on the other side of the table. I've hired people. I know what recruiters say. I know what hiring managers say. I know how they judge people. But being on the other end looking for a job, it's also very fr- being, uh, very, fr- very frustrating if you're somebody who's neurodivergent and you have to do all of these performative things mm. that don't make any sense because they don't necessarily 
say anything about your ability to do the job. Now, I'm not saying you should show up to a job interview with a big mustard stain on your shirt and look like a slob. What does that even mean anyway? What is a slob? Whatever. Like, if you show up to your uh, a job interview and you smell bad and your clothes are a mess, I can understand people being a little more judgmental. I'm not saying you should do that. But you're still being judged based on what you're wearing, how your hair is, mm-hmm. um, your age, your maybe your skin color, your gender. And I was also bitching about this trend of a lot of companies nowadays. If you apply for a job, they will request on Indeed or through a third-party website for you to do a video interview of yourself. So they give you a list of questions and they want you to record the answers and then Mm. send it to them. And some neurodivergent people might actually feel more comfortable with that scenario. For me, it's difficult because I judge the way that I'm doing the interview based on the other person and I react in real time. Yeah, you gauge your presentation. I, I, For those of you who watch the TikTok and think that I... I mask really well, maybe. Maybe my video, it seems like I'm pretty confident or comfortable what I'm saying, but this did not come overnight. It's taken me a long time to get to this point, and I'm actually pretty decent at interviews now, but throughout um, my teenage years and my 20s, up until I was uh, around my early 30s, I was horrible at interviews to the point where I had somebody who tried to give me a job that I used to work with, mm-hmm. they gave me a job as a seasonal employee. That's the only reason I got a job. Mm-hmm. I was a salesperson. I ended up being one of the top performers in the company. So they ended up offering me a full-time position, but I barely got the seasonal position Yeah, because I didn't realize how bad I was at interviewing because I was a young, undiagnosed autistic person answering everything fucking honestly and literally. And when you... I didn't understand... The social expectation that when you go into an interview, you're supposed to fucking lie and embellish everything. You're not supposed to be honest. You're supposed to embellish and sell yourself. I didn't fucking understand that. But I was good at selling TVs and shit. So I sold TVs and home theater. Mm -hmm. Um, Circuit City went out of business. And the manager that I worked with knew I was a good sales guy. Right. So he went to work for T-Mobile and he recruited me. He wanted to hire me. I had the job. Right. He said, you have to interview with my assistant manager Uh to make sure... we get her approval because, you know, she's part of the hiring process. They were hiring me as a full-time person. She was like, why the fuck would we hire this guy? Mm-hmm. That was her response. Because I interviewed so badly that I was pretty much a shoe in that they weren't going to give me the job. Mm. They ended, he ended up giving it to me anyway, but he basically had to say to his assistant, listen, I know his interview sucked, but I worked with him before and I know he can perform. Okay. Um, and I know that's just an anecdotal story I'm bringing up, but I'm bringing it up to point out the fact that when you see me on camera, it may seem like I'm well put together and all that, but it takes a lot of effort for me to to do that and for me to have gotten where I've gotten and for me to be able to even interview well nowadays. So when I say right. I would rather interview in person mm-hmm. or talk to a person, it's because of the knowledge and experience I've gained over this time, but I can understand being like a younger neurodivergent person, you might not feel comfortable. You might feel more comfortable doing the video thing. Right. Um, but maybe what I see it as is an easy way to discriminate against people based on skin color, gender, um, the major discriminatory stuff, but as well as minor behavioral stuff, too. Right. The stuff that's harder to quantify. Yes. The stuff that's more invisible. Right. Um, it could be uh, just maybe you're awkward. Mm hmm. Uh, maybe you're an autistic person who doesn't mask as well and you come across as a bit weird. Sorry, I, I, I gave you a lot. There it was a long tangent. No, no, no. Rock Not and tangent, roll. but a long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Rock and roll. Um, what, what, what I will say to this is um, I have not had a hell of a lot of hard time finding a job or interviewing. I've had a couple of times where I didn't get a job when I interviewed for it. Um, one time in particular... Um, I had, so I actually start with saying that because like I can relate a little bit, but I've never really had a drastic amount of a hard time uh, getting the interviewer or, or getting hired when I interview for a job. I usually have a hard time keeping the fucking job, uh, because I'm really good in short bits. Like, I mean, even old friends told me I'm really good for about 15 minutes. And after that, I just not good to be around. Um, but uh, this one time I, I applied for a third shift job and I was wearing a polo, polo shirt. 
right? Because it's a third shift fucking job at a gas station. I didn't fucking worry about it, right? And not as much as I would any other type of job, right? Uh, and the person actually said that they didn't feel that I was professional enough f- to work third shift at a gas station. Because we take ourselves very seriously here at Shell. Yeah, like... Well, I Here mean, at Exxon that Mobil. That's the fucking thing. He's wearing a fucking shirt that said the name of the company. Not and that I'm not trying to insult anybody who works for a gas station, but it. I mean, let's be honest. It's it. You don't need a lot of credentials to right. to do the job or anything. Like, you know. Okay, when your entire you need a staff, lot of skill set. You, you know, when when ninety percent of your fucking staff barely graduated fucking high school. Yeah, like, don't expect people to dress up as if it's a fucking Fortune 500 fucking company and they're uh, being hired as a VP. But my point behind it is just this person thought I should dress more than they were dressed, like dress more professionally than the job in which or the uniform in which the job required. I was dressed ever, like him. Have you ever thought about this? But So this is not something I talked about in my post, but it's something yeah. that I thought about in the past. Yeah. So we expect people to dress and act a certain way when they show up for a job interview. Um, I kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's almost a little classist in a way because not everybody has access to a lot of nice clothing. That's a true statement. And what about the guy who's homeless on the street and is desperately looking for work Uh and you're not even going to give him the time of day because he's got some dirty clothes on. Right. It doesn't mean like I'm not saying that a, a business owner should have to go like out and buy clothes for this guy and and no. and all this stuff. But how is that person supposed to try to get ahead? I mean, yes, there's social programs. There's kind, place. There's places some of. of these people can go. Kind of. There's. It also stuff. depends on the state they live in. Yes. Um, uh, as well as most of those programs, and I can tell you from from personal experience, some of those programs fucking suck, and they look pretty on paper, and they claim they do a bunch of shit. But they don't work as well as people think they do. Uh, well, it's, not, it's not just about that, too. It's also about um, not just the programs themselves. Um, sorry, I, I was I was kind of derailing you a little bit because oh. I'm, I'm it's not just about the homeless person. What, what I was going to say, it, it's what about the people who are just lower middle class or right. struggling to get by and just don't right. have a lot of nice clothes? I, no, I agree with you. And and actually, I can tell you uh, my mistake as as an assistant manager and head manager of retail stores in the past is I did those kind of judgments to people, too. Um, as I got older, the more I realized and understood that it's not about the presentation you give me in that interview that fucking matters. It's. Show me the work history that dictates you stayed with somebody a long time. Because as long as you show up to the job, I can teach you. But if you can't show up to the job, then I can't teach you. So when I'm looking at somebody, a candidate, um, your work history and your experience is going to get you in the door. Yep. For an interview. Yeah. Once you're there, it's more about how you answer the questions. It's not about, I'm not, I don't care that much about what you're wearing. I don't care that much about, um, your personality per se, unless the personality plays into the job a little bit. Yeah. Like for instance, in sales, um, certain personality types tend to do better. Right. But whatever. Um. Uh, but what I care about is, do I think you can do the job or not? I don't care about like if I think I'm going to get along with you or be friends with you or not, or if yeah. I like you. Yeah, I don't care about any of that. Or shit. or if you have a nice shirt on or a nice nice enough tie or a lot right. of crap. I don't care about that stuff. I care about, um. Can this person do the job? Do they have relevant experience? Right. And even if they don't have relevant experience, maybe you answer the questions well. Like, right. It, and the interview process itself can also be difficult for neurodivergent people, like answering those questions. Mm-hmm. I used to struggle answering all those questions, as I mentioned before, oh, yeah. because I would <laughs> so did I. answer everything yeah. literally yeah, yeah. and answer the questions too honestly. Yeah. So I learned at a very young age that if somebody asks you a question, you're not sure how to answer it. Um respond back with a, qu- a clarifying question. Yeah. And sometimes you can get people thrown off just by that because they're not sure 100% what they're looking for for an answer, but in them having to answer your question, they're going to reveal what it is they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it comes down to, and this is something that um, I guess if if there's anybody who ever wants to talk to me about it, maybe I can help you a little bit as somebody who's done a lot of interviews and somebody who's um, been on a lot of interviews. Uh, you have to sell yourself, unfortunately, 
and it's an annoying thing. But you really got to sell yourself. You can't just let your resume and your experience speak for itself. You got to go in there and you have to sell yourself and put on a dog and pony show and like, this is why you need to hire me. I have this skill and that skill and this experience. And that's why it's relevant to your job. And I'm going to blow your socks off. So I will say that uh, because I've done hiring in three different industries, um, I've done it in behavioral health uh, uh, as an addiction counselor. Uh, I was a clinical supervisor, so I did. I had input when it came to uh, the hiring process, and then I was there for all the interviews, um, as well as I did it for retail. And I will say that the presentation you give in those two industries is a little bit different. One, you want to seem like you know what you're doing in retail. You want to present as somebody who's capable, competent, uh, knows what they're doing, reassured, all that kind of jazz. Uh, because you're going to be working with the public kind of thing. In the addiction counseling world, it's more about the substance to it um, and you showing a level of competency in the field and understanding of the people in the field that you're serving. So I will say it's a little bit different of a presentation. Um, some of the st- same skill set, like you still want to have confidence in shit. And I will say that uh, a woman that I did hiring with um, was very, very particular about how somebody presented and she always talked about her gut feeling on it and like i i hate it when people make decisions based on their fucking gut because you you have so many prejudices my bacteria is tingling yeah like for one that's what i hear because the whole literal thing i'm like what the fuck does your intestine have to do with this your ability to process fucking waste is not my poop maker is tingling (laughs) exactly like Poop maker is tingling. That's the worst Spidey power ever. Um, but I think that's diarrhea, Janet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So she would always uh, say, I just don't have a good gut feeling about it. And when I would ask, well, what about this person, you know, kind of threw you off. She would always respond with, fish tacos I, don't, for I don't know. It's just a feeling that you have about somebody. And I'm like, fuck that. Ooga, check. Uh, ooga, yeah, ooga, like, ooga, check. Sorry. I that always, kind of feeling. so like when I'm reading a resume, when I'm reading, especially when it, it, it comes to like a counselor or, or like a, a mental health background, when I'm looking at your a resume, I'm not just looking at what job title you fucking have, because I know full well that a fucking there's a fuck ton of job titles that don't fucking mean a a load of shit, but they sound fucking good. But I'm looking at what task did you fucking do? And I'm going to ask you questions about the tasks and I'm going to ask you questions about your education. Here's a key thing. So if you're somebody who's listening and you're neurodivergent, sorry, always have a handful of examples that you can pull up during an interview. Um, So this is something I had to learn. Because I was not very bright as a young man. Oh. I needed to yeah. learn how to have examples ready to pull out of a hat. Yeah. Um, so always have an example of uh, a problem that you solved. Yep. Always have an, have an example of if it's if you're working in mental health, I guess mm. you'd want an example of a client. Yes. Um, if you're working in retail or sales, you want an example of a customer. But uh, a proud moment, something you accomplished with a client or a customer. As well as a moment of conflict. Yeah. How well, did you handle that conflict? Well, that would be a problem uh, problem resolution. Um yep. have a few examples if you're if you're trying to get into leadership, you want a mm-hmm. few examples of how you've helped somebody grow. Yep. Uh so and you need to have you want a um what is it? star answer. Situation, task. <laughs> right? Was it situation? I don't know what it is. It's a situation. No, I forgot A. I forgot the A and all yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. Uh, situation, <laughs> yeah, star. task, star. something, and then the result. Yeah. Situation, yeah, task. Right. I don't remember what the A is either. Yeah, I don't anyway, remember the A. You want a fucking star answer. Yeah, you want <clears> a star so answer. They, basically, it's like a fucking essay, right? Yeah. You have the, the introduction, which is the situation. Yes. Yeah. Describe the situation. The task you were yeah. had to do. What you had oh, the, to do I think A it. is yeah. action. So what actions you took. Yes, I think it's action. And then the results. Oh, God. So stuff like that. You want, God, that you want to have back. detailed examples. So if yeah. you're if somebody listening and you, you're going on an interview, make sure you have a handful. I have about uh, four or five mm. uh, examples I use from mm-hmm. different jobs. And I can apply them to many different questions yep. because most interviewers are fucking not original and ask the same fucking questions. They generally so that's do. another benefit of getting older. 
is, you know, in my 20s, I was yeah. thrown off guard by these questions, Ooh. but now I'm used to them because I'm older and I'm like, I know what they're going to fucking ask me. Yeah, you, you just... You, you can just, rehearse a little more. Yeah, you just gave me an idea. Uh, for anybody listening, uh, anybody who has struggles with interviews, you can actually look up interview styles and interview questions. Can I look and, up Harry Styles? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Harry Styles. Uh, you in one direction can practice interviewing. Ta-da. Uh, see, I like Niall Horan much better than I like Harry Styles. Anyway, uh, they were both in one direction, right? Sure. Yeah, okay. No, I, I just know Niall Horan has, uh, is on The Voice. And, anyway, never mind. <clears throat> so uh, you can look up interview styles. So that means some of those questions that Steve is throwing at you of like how to rehearse, you can actually uh, look them up and practice this stuff with somebody else. And you, you can actually get better at it. You can rehearse those stories a little bit, stuff like that. I will say one thing. Um, They'll ask questions like uh, list three attributes or skills that you have that would come in handy in this position. Right. That would benefit you in this job or some shit like that. Tell Uh, me about a time you had to overcome a problem. Yeah. And what was the result? Um, And I tell me about a time you had to blow your boss and they didn't give you the promotion. Yeah. No shit. Uh, (laughs) so, So some of the questions are completely dumb and mean next to nothing in reality. But they ask the question because they themselves looked up online interview styles, interview questions. Uh, what are good well, questions to ask? In my experience, it's not about um, – it's kind of like an essay in a way yeah. because it's not always about the answer you give but how you justify it. What's your reasoning? What's Valid. your thought process? Valid. So I think that's more what it's about because it's not like whether your answer is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's why did you give me that answer? What's your thought process? Because I think the worst thing – being on the other side of the table mm. is when you ask somebody a question and they give you a very short answer mm-hmm. that's vague and doesn't really make any sense. Right. But then you even give them a chance. You say, all right, well, because this is what I'll do. I try to give people a million chances to, I try to help them along. Like, yeah. all right, well, can you give me a little more detail? Like right. what exactly happened? In the, like I'm trying to lead them down yeah. and then they still give you nothing. So that that's, you want to see, Number one, it shows you that they might actually have some experience in that job if they have some sort of answer. But two, sure. like it's like an essay in that yeah. regard. Like it's more about how you got to the answer that you're giving. Sure. Uh, you know, no, no, but here's here's the thing about that, and this is something I want to point out because if you if you interview with a recruiter, an HR person. Even even a district manager, a head manager, HRs are just corporate Nazis. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I kind of agree. Uh, all of these people have little to no behavioral understanding of people, have little to no understanding of how people operate on, on a psychological level. Uh, they have little to no understanding of this shit. And yet they're trying to evaluate traits and stories about somebody in this way. And I find it, I find it appalling that some of these people in leadership positions or people in, in this evaluation position who have little to no training in these things are told, here's what you're looking for. And that's all they look for. That does not take into account the variance in human beings. Like, and, and I'm just going to uh, uh, take one of your examples, the conflict question, right? Uh, uh, problem situation question, right? Well, if I on my resume write down that I worked four years in retail, okay, there's a guarantee that in that four years, I dealt with a troubled customer. Yeah. A Karen? A Karen. And guaranteed in that four years, I had somebody get pissed off at me, they yelled at me, and they walked the fuck away. In my estimation, I don't need to ask you that question per se, but what I do need to ask you is, what did you do? Yeah, it's not about the problem. It's about how you handle it. Right. And and so that kind of gets to your point. And the result you know, of it. Ab- about, you know, giving the essay and what did you do about it. But why not ask that question? Why not ask well, that's the question? Well, that's usually how I try do? to phrase about the question. So oh, when, okay. when, I, when I'm interviewing. Yeah, yeah. But I can't control what somebody else asks. But when yeah. I'm giving an interview, because I've interviewed people before, mm-hmm. I try to get more specifics out of the person. Mm-hmm. So I won't just say, like, tell me about a problem you had. I'll be like, tell me about a... Um, you know, a difficult task or a problem yeah. that you came across in a previous job. Right. Uh, what was the problem mm-hmm. and what did you do about it and what was the result? Right. Because then I'm laying out for them. Tell me the whole story. Yeah. 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 And the the goal is we want 
I want you to show me that you have some level of ability to solve problems. Right. No, and I, I agree with you on trying to figure that out. But I think, think about it. Think about what we're telling people. We're telling people to rehearse a story. We're telling people to go look up the questions ahead of time. Well, and in that regard, we're telling people how to prep to get the, the reason an for that. And this is another fucking dumb thing, but it's because if you don't have specific examples, mm-hmm. it it sounds worse to recruiters, HR, hiring managers. They want you to give specific examples. Like, let me tell you about John. John was a customer who used to come in every week, and he was my favorite customer. Like, they want you to have, like, the more specific details you can give, the more real it seems. Yeah, but that's not – so, that's that again, that's one of those things that they're taught is true, but is not actually fucking true. Like – I have an example I give all the time about a customer. It's a real guy um, that I used to work with. And I do you ever embellish the story? Not really. No, because everything a little bit. um, This guy used to like bring me food. He owned a bunch of restaurants and he was Uh one of my customers. And I made a lot of money off him because he used to come and buy shit from me all the time Uh because he liked me. Yeah. For whatever reason. But he also used to come bring me food from his restaurants Uh and shit. So I told I tell recruiters about this. Like this guy liked me so much. He would bring me food, come and spend money all the time. But I, I use that as a way to show that you can um, in in sales. I believe in ethical sales. By uh-huh. that I mean I don't believe in trying to match somebody with a product that isn't right for them. Okay. Or pushing somebody into a product that isn't right for them. I believe in ethical sales. But I think you can still be a high performer doing it ethically and providing good customer service. And I, uh, when I've applied for sales manager positions, I, I tend to stress to people that if you want somebody who's going to take shortcuts, that's not me. I will not tolerate salespeople for me who are getting numbers in an unethical way. I want my salespeople to win sales yeah. the right way. In my line of work, accepting any gift, whether somebody's buying you food, offering you money buying you snacks, getting you flowers, giving you a card even at times. In my line of work, that's considered unethical practice to accept yeah. any of it. Well, it's like if you well, go I don't to- know if it is for sales or not, but like I don't know if that shit fucking uh, matters for retail. Not really. In my line of work, it's considered unethical. I think it would depend on um, the sales job. You can actually be fired for accepting that kind but of like shit. When I worked in wireless and you know, yeah. I'm selling cell phones and stuff and some guy brought me a platter of crab rangoons, I'm like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but- the because uh, it wasn't always just for me. He would bring stuff for the whole store, but it was because of me. Um, but uh, I was gonna say like it. I mean, you know what I mean by ethical sales. Oh, like do. if somebody comes I in do. and they want to buy um, a Toyota and their budget is for a Toyota, and you keep pushing them, pushing them to get a Mercedes, right? And then they can't afford it, or they end up returning it. You mean the and, housing bubble? And what I what I try to explain, and a lot so a lot of cust- a lot of businesses do get this. There are a lot of um, companies that do understand oh, yeah. that it's more about longevity and not yes. the short term. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you want lifelong customers who will keep coming back. And if you right. pressure them into shit they don't want, uh-huh. they're not going to come back to you because I don't want to go there because they're going to push me to buy some shit I don't want. Right. Or I'm going to have a bad experience. or I'm going to buy something and then fucking return it because you sold me a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't sell people shit. I'm honest with people. I say, hey, I don't think you're going to like this. If yeah. somebody wants to be cheap and buy something that happens to be inexpensive and a piece of shit, I'll tell them, hey, it's not the, I mean, you don't want to tell them it's a piece of shit. I'll right. say in a nice way, in a nice right. way, let them know it's not the greatest product. But if that's what's right for them and that fits their budget, that's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Um, I, I, hey, I still get the sale. So I used to, I used to do some uh, shady salesman stuff when I worked for a, um, a certain center of renting. And um, for this company, uh, we would purposely get sales knowing full well the person couldn't afford it and was going to return it within a week or two or that we had to go pick it up and return yeah. it in a couple of weeks. That's a good way to go out of business. Just so we had high sales numbers. That's a good way for your company. Do you remember what happened with uh, Wells Fargo? They're still a company. Yeah, but they um, they were sued for billions of dollars. They right. lost a ton of money. From- I know. I was giving back some of my money from them. Remember them? Uh, they were opening fake accounts. Well, not fake, but they were opening extra accounts in people's names without telling them. Oh, so, that part I didn't know. Um, I don't remember all the specific details right now, but most of the people they were taking advantage of were elderly yeah, yeah. or people who didn't speak English. And yes. What they would do 
some Spanish speaking lady comes in uh-huh. and she comes to put money in her account, take money out of her account, whatever. They would open a new account uh-huh. under her name without telling her and deposit some money in it. And that was to make it look like they were, you know, gaining new accounts. Oh, bigger than they really were. So because with Wells Fargo, their biggest metric for their 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 um Banks. tellers or whatever yeah. was new accounts. Uh, so it's still it doesn't it still counts. Like if you're an existing customer and they add a new account. So they wanted to get that number. Yeah. It also looked good for their shareholders. Right. So they were sued not only I think class action, they were sued by the people that were fucked over by the extra accounts. But mm-hmm. I believe I could be wrong on this, but I believe they were also sued by some of the shareholders because they were presenting fraudulent numbers. Yeah. Because these accounts weren't really new accounts. It was bullshit fluff. Yeah. But that's kind of what you were saying with the Renaissance thing. It's, yes. it's bullshit. Whoa. A quick message from our partner. So recently, me and Steve have uh, become affiliates with a company called Fidgety. Okay. They have a poppet woven into the shirt itself. Now I'm wearing one right now uh, and they're designed with children's needs in mind. The t-shirts stress relief tools are thoughtfully chosen to be non-intrusive and silent, ensuring they can use them without drawing unwanted attention. It's like carrying a personal stress relief sanctuary wherever you go. Now, if you would like to support somebody on the spectrum or get something for somebody on the spectrum, go to fidgety.com, F-I-D-G-E-T-T-E-E.com and put in your promo code on the spectrum pod for 20% off your order today. Promo code on the spectrum pod for 20% off. Get it. And now back to the show. I said center for renting. Whatever. I call them out. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't want to call them out. get sued. What? You get sued by Renaissance? I don't know. Maybe. Fuck them. They made you do unethical shit. Well, no, but they didn't. Uh, so what they could Sorry, say they is didn't that my you. manager made me do it, but I know like multiple stores in our fucking district used to do it. Whatever. The district, by the way, the district manager at the time, which was a real good guy, uh, he fucking hated that uh, people did it. He looked the other way on a regular basis. He didn't 100% know. He would just always say, don't tell me how you guys got the sales. Just make sure you get the sales. Yeah, so I I'm very against that sort of business practice. And yeah. I'm up front with companies, and I, I've I have probably lost job opportunities because of it, but I know I've also um, been hired because of it. Mm-hmm. Because there are some companies that do prioritize ethical, yeah. like because it makes sense from a business standpoint. Even if you're like a car dealership right. or whatever, like you don't want to just push people into a car that's not gonna work for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe you get the sale today. But you're going to ruin your reputation for the next five, ten years. Well, I, w- I will say that we we did have customers who, when we needed them, because we had like a, a weekend where we needed bigger sales or we were down that month, we did have customers that would come in, uh, get stuff from us on a Tuesday. We'd pick it up on a Thursday, and then um, they'd come back in on a Monday and get it back. And so we would have two sales in le- in seven days. Yeah. You see what I'm saying on that? Uh, and so we did have customers that were set up that way on purpose that like uh, there was a certain customer that we had uh, in a certain town in Maine uh, that um, we were picking up the person's washer and dryer every single week and bringing it back to them the very next day. Every single week. The person never ended up paying, at least while I was there, never ended up paying a fucking dime on it. Nice. Sounds like a great business model. Uh, well, that I'm saying that person in particular, but that same person, like everything else in their house was pretty much our stuff. It was just the washer and dryer. They couldn't quite afford it on that package. So we just kept going, picking it up and bringing it back 24 hours later. And we would drive out there, pick it up, bring it back to them. They would sign a new contract. And then uh, under the seven days, we'd go and pick it up and we'd bring it back the next day. And it was just a way for them to still have a washer and dryer. <laughs> While also paying us for all the rest of the stuff, they just couldn't afford the washer and dryer yet. So, um, I mean, we kept them as a customer. Going back into the anyway. the interview and employment process. Oh, thing. that was 15 years ago, by the way, that that happened. I don't know how they do things now. Going back yes, into yes, the interviewing interview process, and all that yes. stuff. So, there's a lot of judgment made, a lot of discrimination that goes on. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't think about. Like, yes, certain things are protected classes, mm-hmm. uh, disabilities, uh, race, gender, mm-hmm. uh, well, or sex, rather. I don't know if gender is gender yeah, part of it. Yeah, it is now. 
Gender. Okay. Oh, it's, where it has been. Uh, sex. It's um, gender, race, sexual orientation, religious preferences, uh, disabil- disability. Well, there's got there's like nine of them in shit. Part of the EEOC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like nine of them. <clears throat> Uh, well, the EEOC, or is it 13 the EEOC enforces the... Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's like 13 of them or some shit that are protected classes. So the thing is, the burden of proof is always on the person who's being discriminated against. Yes. So if you're um, disabled and somebody doesn't hire you because you're in a wheelchair, you have to prove that they hired you. That, well, that they, they didn't, didn't they hire, didn't hire you, you because you're in a wheelchair. Yep. Um, and some companies will try to avoid hiring people who have certain issues or and certain, I, I say, issues. I say issues because that's how they see it. Yeah. They have certain issues because they don't want to have to deal with them mm. or they don't want to have to deal with a potential lawsuit because, oh, we might have to make an accommodation for this person and we don't want to. So rather than to, um, hire them. Mm-hmm. And have to uh, uh, make those accommodations or quote unquote deal with them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll just not hire them to begin with. So like somebody, but you you have oh. no idea if they're actually yeah discriminating against you. They might be, you but no you idea. can't prove it because they just said no. We just we hired somebody else. Right. Um. It, very very hard to prove. Um. Like somebody said on the post on TikTok. Okay. Um. It's easier to not give them the job than to get rid of them later. But that shows very much how that person thinks about things is they're trying to identify potential issues during the interview opposed to look at potential benefit gained by hiring this person. Was it you who said, um, I don't remember if it was you or somebody else was saying that they thought that the the Disability Act or Disability... um, Yeah, the ADA. The ADA has actually hurt people more than helped. Yes, I have said that. The more I look into it and the more I look at cases for uh, where people tried to use the ADA to get accommodation. It's not that the, the idea is actually bad or the concept of the. No, it, it's, it's great just on the, paper. The actual effect of right. it. Right. It's the, what the, the cause and effect. So you, you pass this law. Yeah. But what is the actual implication of it? Right. How does it how do people re- respond because of that? law? Right. And the response is that, well, people. A lot of times we'll see people with disabilities as a liability. Right. Rather than an asset, because they'll say, well, if I hire this person, I could get sued Mm -hmm. if I do something wrong or I don't meet an accommodation. So I don't want to take that risk. So we we um, I'm going to go out on a limb and and tell this story Um, at my previous employer. um, They hired someone. To do a job uh, and. Within the first day or two, the person was there. Um, They expressed being neurodivergent of a certain type, but they also expressed how they were in the middle of a lawsuit against their former employer for discrimination against their disability. Immediately, all the managers were secretly called to a meeting uh, and told about this. And... Because I didn't hear this human being say it. Uh, We were called and we were told about it and we were told to watch out for things and to be very careful about this and that. And it it was more about how, to me, the reaction to that was this great level of fear that that's why this person has the job. And that was actually a conclusion was, well, that must be what they do. They get hired places and then sue them for uh, discrimination. Or how about their previous employer was discriminatory against their disability? Um, And they immediately went through, well, they need to provide us with a list of accommodations that they want. And I said, well, why don't we let them feel their way through the job a little bit to decide what it is that they need for help with the job? And supposedly, I wasn't there when this supposedly happened, but I was told after the fact that somebody, one of the managers did ask uh, this person to write down what accommodations that they will need in relation to the disability that they have told us about. And instead of letting this person come to us and say, Hey, look, I'm having a little bit of issue in this job. Here's where I'm kind of struggling. Can, can we do something about this or how can we 
you know, help me be more successful in my job. Instead of giving the person the opportunity to try to figure out, you know, where they may struggle in the job, immediately it was, no, write down right now what you need. And I and I think that in itself, that level of fear, that level of worry that they were going to get sued so quickly, so easily, I think that is a problem. And that's where I kind of think the ADA is, is failing uh, people because well, it creates fear of people suing even though the only reason why they're suing is because <clears throat> you're not treating them yeah but they shouldn't have the anything they else. shouldn't have anything to worry about um if they're not doing anything wrong because the well, first of all they the, fear it anyway the 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 person with the disability is required to request the accommodation so the company doesn't yes. have to ask they're supposed to request right and the company can deny the accommodation if it if it causes undue burden to the company. So, so it I, depends on what it is. But you would you would uh, if they were to get sued, mm-hmm. the person who is suing would have to show that the company could have provided accommodation but didn't. And um, so so if it's something that's simple like hey uh, I need a, a bigger chair, okay, get them a fucking bigger chair. Well, hold hold um, on. I I I do want to default to that's one of the <clears> what <throat> you just said about reasonable accommodation. That's one of the reasons why I think the ADA is not as effective as it seems like it should be because like for for my own situation uh no, I won't use mine, but like for this person's uh situation, what they asked for for an accommodation on the spot accommodation like that was um for things to only be written down uh, for tasks for them. That's not hard. That's not a big deal at all. But the first words out of my boss's mouth were, uh, at some point, they should just know their job. I shouldn't have to write down everything. And I said, what they're asking you to do is, if we ask them to do a specific task midway through the day, write the fucking task down and put it on a post-it on their desk. They didn't ask you to write up a big form. They didn't ask you to formally present it. They asked you to fucking put a post-it note on their goddamn desk. And of, by the way, I didn't word that to that way to my boss. I didn't word it in that way. Uh, but that, you know, that's. But that's what it kind of was for this person, for my boss, is everything was extra. I think I think the problem with the reasonable accommodation thing, I'm not saying it's that you're not defined. Well. I'm not saying that you're wrong about the problems with it, but I think there's also not really an easy solution because there's so many different types of accommodation you could request. It's difficult because it depends on the person. It depends on uh-huh. the disability. It depends uh-huh. on the business. It depends on the location because there are certain things that businesses are allowed to discriminate in certain instances um, for certain reasons, depending yes. uh, what is it called? There's a bona fide job description, right? Yes. I think it's called. So like if something, if your disability makes you unable to do the job, they right. can discriminate for that reason. Yes. So, so if, for instance, if you were going to be hired as a uh, a swimming structure, instructor, yeah. but you had, uh, if you're a paraplegic, I know that's a ridiculous example, but you, you can't teach people how to swim if you can't swim and you can't, you, you're bound to a chair. So, uh, no, agreed. Um, um, I mean, I guess maybe you could on paper teach here. them how to swim, but. So uh, there, <clears throat> one, of, one of the requirements of the job I do now one of the requirements to, to work in a group home uh, is you have to be able to lift 100 pounds. Yeah. If you cannot lift, whether you're a male, female, uh, wheelchair or not, uh, no matter who you are as a human being, if you cannot lift X, yeah, then you cannot do the job. Right, because you might have to pick somebody up. Yes. Uh, defend yourself, pick somebody up, stop one uh, uh, client from going after another. There's an assortment right. of reasons. Uh so you have to physically be able to do that. The The problem with that is there are, and I'm not saying where I work because I actually haven't been there long enough to know if this is a thing or not, but I do know in previous jobs where that was a thing on the job description, they will not even test it actual physical right. weight-wise. They will just look at a person mm-hmm. and assume whether they can or not. Yeah. And I've heard things uh, like when I worked at a well, the, isn't package it... delivery company, I heard a hiring manager actually say, I can't imagine a woman who could do this job as well. So we don't really look at those applications much. Yeah. Which is illegal. That's discriminatory. 
practice. Um, in now, my experience, normally they just have you check a box on your application. Yeah. Like if you can send you? In, you send in your resume yeah. or you and it just says, "Can you lift this weight?" and you just check it. Mm-hmm. Usually that's it. But like, um, what I what I was getting at before with yeah. the things being complicated is oh, yeah. like we there are possible ways you, you could make the legislation better. Maybe I'm not saying that there should be no legal protections, but I think the problem. This is one of those things where maybe government intervention isn't well government intervention is, is not going to be able to fix all the problems because there's too many different variables right when you're when you're this is something we've talked about I think mm-hmm. on the show before but when you're working with within the confines of the law there's only so many things you can't account for which is right. why um why we have fuck the legal system to begin with why people have to argue their case right, right. prosecutors uh, or lawyers uh or whoever, if you're representing yourself, you yeah. have to present your case right? and you present your defense. You have to argue the law and why it applies to your side. Yes. Right? Because of all the different fucking variables. Um, Hold on. When it comes to the, when it comes to the yeah, disability yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah. there's only so much you can include in a law that protects people for those things because we do have certain exceptions for bona fide job descriptions. Uh-huh. And it's impossible to write into law every single accommodation that a company must give and in every scenario. Hold on, because I've heard this before. And in, in fact, one of my former bosses actually, actually said that too, that a company cannot uh, account for all of it. No, I'm, I'm saying that the law can't account okay, for all. But... Uh, same idea uh, uh, to what I'm saying. Here's what I'll say. And I could be horribly wrong on this. And if somebody knows better than me, please point this out to me. But I'm going to say this as a blanket statement. 90% of accommodations that are being asked for are not only within reason, are financially within reason, but are more than cap- a company is more than capable of giving. 90% of them, okay, for accommodations. of the time, I think the accommodations, and by the way, don't quote me on 90%. I'm just saying majority of the fucking time. In fact, I'm saying majority of the time. I would assume so, so. but I don't know because I've never read any data about like what people ask for. So like even, even in our own community, when I read comments, when I read threads, when I read, when I see TikTok videos and people are talking about. I mean, like me asking my previous employer to um, be a little understanding when I asked a lot of questions yes. or asked for clarification. Yes. All I asked was, hey, don't get upset with me when I ask for clarification. Yes. In fact, you're not causing the, the company money. You're not making them lose money. I was making you're them not, a lot of money. You're not you're not fucking with nobody. You're not insulting anybody. You're not asking somebody to be okay with your twitches or Tourette's or or or, or verbal whatever problems. That's All it. you asked for was clarification at times. An understanding of you being a human being. Because they took it as me questioning their authority, and I explained... Well, that's their own insecurity. Multiple times. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not questioning you. I need you to clarify because yeah. I don't understand what you want me to do. But that's that's part of the problem to me is people think accommodation means special treatment. And I want to break this down right now. This is my personal opinion, so if I'm wrong or you don't agree, don't yell at Steve about it. Come talk to me directly. Um my eyeglasses on my face are an accommodation for me to fit into society because they allow me to drive and they allow me to do my job and they allow me to see, they allow me to read. They are an accommodation that is allowed in our society, but they are still an accommodation, right? An accommodation I have to pay for, but an accommodation nonetheless. Um, Having a car is an accommodation so we can get to work on time. And I know some people are going to say that those aren't accommodations. Those are privileges to have and shit like that. Yes, they are. I'm saying that when it comes to working a job, having somebody, allowing somebody to put on headphones they purchased for themselves so they can do their goddamn job should not be even a question. Like you shouldn't have to bring in documentation of a disability to put on a fucking pair of headphones. If they're your fucking headphones, you're not stopping anybody from fucking doing their job. If you're sitting in an oh, office wearing headphones. All right, here we go. All right. So when I worked in retail, yeah, um, I used to occasionally put on headphones while uh-huh. I was doing stuff like, um, even though I was a manager, I was still like stocking shit yeah. and stuff. So I would b- do big orders of paint right. and put the paint up and all yeah. that stuff. I would sometimes wear headphones while I was doing that. And I uh-huh. got told after this other person started who uh, had a problem with me that uh-huh. I couldn't do that. And I said, okay. I was like, well, I do it because um, 
I need to, uh, I, I was trying to explain that like it helps me. Sometimes I get a little, uh, uh, overwhelmed yeah. by everything going on. It kind of helps me like, I'm just listening to like a podcast or something right. like, well, how are you going to hear if a customer needs help? I'm like, because they'll say, Hey, I need help. Cause I didn't have, I would keep one of my ears, um, free. So you had only one earbud yes. in yep. and they had a problem because they thought one earbud meant both your ears didn't work. Well, I had my, <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry to make that a joke. It's just, some people are fucking ridiculous. So, and I never, it never interfered with me helping a customer, right. but I was like, okay. Right. Um, I used to be one of those kind of managers, by the way, when I was uh, in my twenties, I used to be that kind of dickhead manager, but, and that was all about power. It was all about trying to control my environment. It was all about author uh, asserting authority. Didn't I was an affect asshole. affect my job at all. Right. It has <clears> nothing <throat> to do with it. Even my current, let me move on. Um, so I read about somebody who, you know, the loop, you know, the loop earbud thing that's supposed to reduce down sound and white noise and stuff and help people who have i'm not familiar with that particular product okay so it's a little it looks like an earbud you put it in your ear it's kind of small uh but it helps reduce down sound and shit anyway um i've i've even read of people getting shit at jobs for wearing those and like the yeah. whole purpose of it <clears> is <throat> to decrease the decibel level to make it easier to fucking function like what the fuck like, I think they're actually advertised for people with uh, auditory sensitivities and shit. Or auditory Well, that's, that kind of goes to my point I was trying to make before. Yeah. Um, so when I was I was just talking before about how uh, you, can't, you can't account for everything, and I was saying that I don't think that the government can fix every single problem when it comes to no. this type of stuff. I think it's more fundamental. I think it takes societal and cultural change mm -hmm. that's really going to make a difference because there's only so much you can do through legislation it's kind of like how even we have laws to protect all of those protected classes yeah but they still get discriminated against anyway because right. you can't prove it and right. i'm not saying we should have like i mean what are you going to do if you can't prove that a company like if somebody doesn't hire you because you're a woman during an interview mm -hmm. and they didn't say anything sexist they didn't there's no like and even if they did say something sexist, the fucked up thing is you have to, you still have to have some sort of proof or witness or like something written down. But hold, hold on, I, I don't like that. To me, is a separate issue from what we're talking <clears throat> about right now. Um, I'm just saying that I think it it takes more. the The solution to me isn't necessarily through the legal means. It's the legal thing's already there. Just it's not very effective. It's cultural think, and societal change. It's well, people being aware. I think that will help, but I also don't think that there's going to be a social change well enough. And excuse me if I sound cynical at the moment, but I don't believe there's ever going to be enough of a social change to help all people with disabilities or anybody who is different than the status quo. And I say status quo. Yes, we mean you actually hold demographics that are to that, but these are the kinds of people who discriminate against all those other. And actually, when it comes to people with disabilities, a lot of fucking people discriminate against people with disabilities because they make automatic assumptions about what people are capable of. I I think I think it would actually take some level of legislation. I know me and you kind of differ on on level of government and shit sometimes. But I think if you write something into the ADA that said, well, if you have something like we already have that gives some vague way for a company to 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 rationalize their way out of being able to help somebody, I think they're going to take it. It's in their best interest to do that. I think that if, especially if you have a documented disability, and I'll, and I'll specify it to documented because we have to have a way of, of people to fucking prove some shit. If you have a documented disability, it is on a sheet, some fucking where, and, and you apply for a job, just apply for a job. I think because you have that, um, the job should have to explain why you can't have the job. I think the Department of Labor should have the ability to ask a company um, how many people applied for jobs this month, how many interviews did you give, and why did you not hire that person? I think the, the Department of Labor should have every right to ask that question to make sure companies are not discriminating maybe but i think that companies would just make up bullshit reasons anyway because they already do and that's they already do but there are enough times you can't you can't read what's in someone's mind or read what's in no, someone's heart but it would force people to have start to actually have legitimate fucking reasons for not hiring mm. somebody and we would find 
all of the points of real discrimination. Well, I, would, I would say, so if you look back on the last, you know, 50 to 100 years, right? Yeah. yeah. There is a lot that has changed so, socially and culturally now. Yes. People are still bigoted. People are still prejudiced against people with disabilities. And people are still racist. Always, people are still yeah. sexist. And some people always will be. And I don't think you can pl- completely get rid of that. No. But people are, I would argue, are a lot more accommodating when it comes to a lot of things. Think about like physical, especially physical disabilities, well, right? Well, but everybody, everybody can be more than okay with physical disabilities. It's all the other disabilities. Right, but that's that the stuff that we're working on now. Yeah, that's true. As a, that's as a society. True. But I'm talking about like, Think about how much people used to complain about like uh, handicapped parking spots and yes. handicapped yes, access yes, yes. ramps. How and come all they stuff. get special treatement? And well, nowadays, I'm not saying that nobody complains about that stuff, but for, I think for the most part nowadays, people are like understanding about why handicapped spots are there. Right, but extra laws had to be made to force that shit to happen. The, uh, ADA, the ADA was put into to was put into law in the 1970s. And it wasn't until, at least from my memory, fuck me for being 40, but it wasn't until the early 90s that a fuck ton of people sued places right, to for, fucking put for some of the For some of the handicap stuff, yes. Um, it's I think it has to do with percentage of parking spots. Yes. So it's based on not a certain number, but it's based on percentage. Right, but there's but, laws um, that had to be created for that. Sort of, because a lot of companies will actually put more than they're required. Because it benefits them. Yes. It benefits them to have those extra spots right. there. Um, so if, if you're if you're a business that a lot of handicapped people shop at, mm-hmm. so for, I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure a lot of Walmarts will put way more handicapped spots than they're required to by law. Mm-hmm. But it benefits them business-wise because people, part of the reason people go there is because of the easy access to handicapped parking. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that the law didn't help or anything like that, but I was bringing up the the uh, wheelchair thing as a specific example, but there are other examples I'm sure you could think of of just society being more accepting of certain things. Um, some well, of it comes through legislation, but I don't think that the legislation part always has to be a part of it. I think as a society, look at how uh, more accepting we are of the LGBTQ community. Uh, there's still a lot of people out there who are not super accepting, but I think for the most part in America, like most people are like fine with homosexuality. Like, Oh, allow me to provide you an example of a recent manager of mine. Yeah, I'm sure there's anecdotally like hey, bigots. That's all I got is anecdotal stories like, here. My out of, out of a percentage of the population, if you look at like the way that people um, fill out surveys and like uh-huh. statistical data based on it, like most people are fine with gay marriage. Most people are fine with even if they're not okay with gay marriage. The people who are against gay marriage, most of them are still fine with like. They don't have a problem with gay couples or anything like that. Doesn't mean like they don't like they don't find oh it's kind of weird or icky whatever maybe. But I'm saying like a lot of the hatred and the bigotry uh-huh. like the stuff you saw in like the 70s and the 80s like the really like right it's crazy far more, anti it's far yeah. more covered up now. I think it's still there because I've got you think they hate examples. You think they like, like hate, secretly hate these people or like I'm you remember I don't even want to. Because I can think of stuff in my head, but I don't want to say it out loud. But like some of the stuff that people said during like the AIDS like, epidemic. Oh, no, no, no. it was that, far more over. And you're absolutely yeah, correct. Like the stuff that it doesn't right. does you're that right. does that mean the homophobia is gone? No, but I th- I'm just saying I think as a, as a country and a society, right. there are countries that are <clears throat> not as accepting. But I think like in a lot of the Western countries. We're much more accepting of gay people because. Oh, yes, we've we gotten definitely are. We we've gotten are. more. We've gotten more used to it. Um, the, 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 the unknown, the mystery is gone. People learn more about it. Um, I'm just saying the same thing that happened with a lot of other things like, uh, physical disabilities or the LGBTQ stuff. I think that as society as a whole gets exposed more to people with autism or other, uh, um, uh, neurodivergencies that the same things will start to happen. The stigma will start to go away a little bit as people get used to it. And even though people may not like things like Love on the Spectrum, I've seen a lot of autistic people freaking hate that show because they think it makes us look dumb or it makes... Um, what I say that is uh, <clears throat> make I, dumb in the sense that I saw somebody complaining that the show is for neurotypical people to laugh at us. Well, but you're wrong. But it's... Even if you think that, it's still exposing these people. Right. It's exposing neuro- neurotypical people and people who normally wouldn't interact with autistic people right. and seeing these people in a real way. Yes. 
the same in way, a very real way. Could, could I actually want to break that show down and talk about that show <clears throat> and the potential influence that show has in a full fucking episode? I was actually going to uh, propose that to you, but I got to mention to you, I love that fucking show. And if you're an asshole and you don't like that fucking show, well, the, the reason why this remember autistic, my opinion and this autistic person, you. the reason why they said that they yeah. were upset, it wasn't that they hated the show. They said they actually enjoyed the show. Mm. But what upset them was because they saw a family member, like their mother, I think, yeah. and they saw neurotypical people watching the show for amusement. Yeah, because they thought the people were funny because of their autism. Great. Well, people are shitty. But people it, watch Down for Love to laugh at fucking people with Down it kinda, syndrome. It They're reminds assholes. me of how, like, when you... And this is not what Love but, on the Spectrum way, is did doing. Did you watch Done with Love? I saw, like, one or two episodes. Okay, I gotta uh, tell you, I enjoyed that just as much. Um, Even though I don't this have is, Down So syndrome. this is not a comparable example because these are. I think these are two separate things. I don't think Love on the Spectrum is doing this, but when you first started seeing... Uh, homosexuality be more um, represented on TV. A lot of times they were joke characters, right? Like Sean Hayes playing Jack. They were, they were like Will and Grace. They were, yeah, they were stereotypes. They were, um, but you could argue that even though those characters were stereotypes and they were, um, caricatures, they still helped as far as social acceptance. Yes. When we did our representation episode, I talked about this a right. little bit because having mm. it is better than not having it at all. But I don't think that's what Love on the Spectrum is doing. I don't, no, they're not don't putting these so. people on there no. to make fun of them. Well, they're showing them as real people. And yes, some people might find some of their behavior a little funny or odd, but that's because they're probably not used to seeing autistic people. They're not used. They're not used to being exposed to I, that type of behavior. I, in those pit people. Those people. I will say I do agree with the critique, and actually, I think it was my ex-wife that pointed this out to me. So, mm-hmm. thank you very much, ex-wife, for pointing this out to me because I didn't think about it when I was watching the show. But when they when they do the breakdown of who the person is they're going on a date with, and it's like, and this is just a made-up example. This is Lindsay. Lindsay likes bananas, the sound of the ocean, and Pokemon. That moment right there. No, is, they, is well, they usually say tiling fucking they thing. Like, uh, you know, Nick likes baseball. Yeah. Corn dogs, wrestling. Nick hates loud yeah, voices. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Because they say they say like usually two or three things they like yeah. and like one thing they right. hate. So she pointed out to me that 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 in the show is the moment where they're infantizing. That I, it, did, it did seem a little bit that way to and, me, too. And they're and they're 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 making these people look like a joke that way opposed to real people. And I agree with that. And, and actually until she pointed that well, out, I didn't think I didn't it was, think about it, I didn't but. think it was a joke, but when I wa- I actually had the same thought as your ex-wife when oh, okay. I watched it, I was like, why do they do it? Cause it makes it seem like it doesn't seem like a joke, but it seems like they're reducing them down to those things. Right. So they're reducing the autistic person down to just their special interest. Right. Just their like and dislike, <clears throat> like, and um, minor things too. How come that, it's that girl, something odd too? The the girl that uh, uh, James was dating in which one the 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 uh, one at the castle? Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, she yeah. liked frogs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The frog so they could lady. focus on her frogs. So it seemed like uh, that was an interest there. She loves frogs. Yeah, yeah. But when you just list like one or two things that they're into, and right. then one thing they don't like, it me it seems very uh, reductive. Well, and like it's also got that fucking voice to it too. Come on, it seems it just seems reductive. Like you're oversimplifying the person down to just like a couple special interests, and like yep. usually it's something they don't like. It's usually it's something they don't like that's either like a food or or a sensory sensory thing. issue. Yeah, yeah. It's like they don't like the taste of. Uh, um, bitter foods or something yeah. or they don't like uh they don't like uh nails on a chalkboard yeah, is one. yeah nails on a chalkboard <clears> is one of them it's like well nobody likes that first yeah, of all but like fuck um, find me somebody who likes nails on a chalkboard and if you do please stop listening to the show it yeah. actually it turns nick on a little bit oh like little god oh here's god. and he gets a little, little uh chill. just the thought process um so <clears throat> But, like, I'm a huge fan of that show. I really like the variety of people that they had on it. By the oh, here's another critique. Somebody said they only have um, level ones and twos on that show. They don't have any high support needs people on that show. Um, and 
Oh, no, no, reverse that, reverse that. They said they only have level twos and threes, so they only have medium to heavy, su- high support need people in that show. And, and, like, honest to God, who the fuck is high support need on that show? Like, I think I think that guy Steve is the closest because he's the only one who's got, like, a uh, uh, fucking caregiver and shit. I mean, a lot of them day. are just people who live with their parents right. and stuff. Or... Like, <clears throat> like, honest to God, I didn't um, see anybody on that show who could not fucking live on their own and fuck tanner lives on his own yeah like uh oh and that's not me putting down tanner by the way i think tanner's an awesome human being uh, i love his mom's description about how he's just joy like jo- walking joy or something like that anyway is it like, like the antithesis of you yes he's the antithesis of me just yeah walking uh, walking uh I'm just walking misery, walking I'm, pessimism. Yeah, black yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. Of, uh, I'm just jaded. black hole of cynicism. That's right. Yeah, black hole of cynicism. Everything sucks. Oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, I've got that old man energy. Anyway, but like they they said that, and I kind of <clears> went <throat> like, "Who the fuck is high support me on that show?" And I started to try to think about it, and like in my honest opinion, and everybody can disagree with me if you fucking want to. In my opinion. Everybody on that show is is a level one low support need and level two, you know, moderate support need kind of person. Um, And I think. If we had somebody who was high support needs, I don't think they'd be able to do the show. Um, Who's truly high support need. And by the way, when I say truly high support need, I'm not trying to do to diminish anybody's struggle. I'm not trying to put down anybody. I'm not trying to say people are worse off than you are. What I'm trying to say is that in my experience with the line of work that I have done in my life, um, no one on that show is high support need because for an assortment of different reasons that I could name off. Um, and, and for somebody to say, you know, that these are that's what high support needs looks like uh, are people on that show or some of them are high support needs. You're really fucking wrong. Um I've seen what high support needs uh, look like. I know I, I, I get, and I know people like to say, you know, if you met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person, but like, we really got to put context on that motherfucker. Um, I think my point behind that was like, that's another criticism of it is it's only showing certain levels of, of, of uh, support needs uh, or certain levels of, of autism. And yes, because you know, they want people to fucking watch the show. Um, but they were trying to say that they only cultivated those people to what? make it look like autism doesn't what? have more support than that. No, it's literally because you wouldn't watch the fight. They couldn't make an episode of anybody who's actually truly high support needs. You couldn't make an episode. Right, I'm gonna, of it. They wouldn't get I'm gonna, through it. Uh, um, submit yeah, a, deviate me completely. Oh, By the way, I was going to submit a request for you to be on the show. Why not? Fuck right. Except for the fact that I, I've been with Natalie for seven years. Uh, maybe I'll get um, I'll submit a, a submission to Queer Eye. Have them come make over. Ooh, that'd be great. Make you over. Like, ooh, I, I know how much Tan hates bowling shirts and Hawaiian um, shirts. Well, ooh, with that, cargo I wanted to shorts. say uh, cargo shorts. So we can do a love on the spectrum episode if you'd like. Sometime. I'd really like to. At some I'd, point, we'll I'd do like that. to break down some shit about that uh, show. I would like to say I think this was a um, I think this was a, a productive conversation. I think so, too. Uh, I went into a little bit more detail about my thoughts that I summarized in two minutes on TikTok. Right. And Nick threw in his two cents and told me why I was wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Not even close yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, but I think it was a good conversation. Yes, it was great. Uh, I'd like to wrap up now. Yes, because we have a show to do tonight. Yeah, we do have a show. We have an improv show. And if you enjoyed the show, leave a comment. Yes. YouTube. Uh, we don't have a lot of action on YouTube, but if you're on YouTube, on Spotify, whatever platform you're on, yeah. leave a comment. And a uh, good or bad comment. Like if you want to argue with us, cool. We'd like the conversation. But if you'd like to also tell us what we're doing well, I'd like to hear that too. I may I may respond to you if you leave a negative comment. I probably will. Tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> I might as well. Yeah. But I'm more likely to respond if you give actual constructive feedback. All right. Well, I All hope right. you guys have a great Thank week. you very much, everybody. Great week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you, Ray Hansen.